and Wilson's pop-up podcast from The Devil in Detail. I'm Rob Parkson, and I'm here talking all things Sofra Devils. Paul Parkin is here with me as well, but we're also joined by a special guest, Sofra Devils Managing Director, Paul King. Welcome to the show, Paul. Looking forward to talk all things Sofra Devils and all the big news from the last couple of weeks. Hi, Rob. Hope you're well, Paul. Yeah. Yeah, very well. I'm very keen to to see what we've got. It's been it's been an exciting couple of weeks, and yet I, I get I get the slight feeling that none of us actually know what we're excited for. So that's why you're here uh, to, to put some clarity on everything. Try and shed a bit of light on it, and then I'm going to go to bed and get some sleep. I'm absolutely shattered with it, but we'll get there. Fire away, Rob. What you got? For well, me? Yeah, obviously, congratulations on getting the stadium deal to this stage. Sort of, how does it feel? to be near to the end of the journey now. It's positive. It's, it's a really positive step forward. I think I've said that uh, before, but there's still work to be done. We're, we're not out of the woods just yet. There's a, a couple of I's to dot on a few T's to cross in a number of areas, the stadium deal. So, so what the council have said is that they've now approved the purchase of it. They've got to go through a negotiating phase. <sighs> I'm guessing the, the vast majority of that's already been done in the background. So so, so there's, a, there's a deal to be done with Peel. And whilst that's done, whale has way and we're away with it. So it's, 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 it's a massive step in the right direction. I'm not risk averse. I'm quite a bold individual as it happens. But you know who you're dealing with here when it comes to the stadium. So we just got to be a little bit careful and, and steady away. Good reason to be a bit excitable, I think. Yeah, obviously it's been a it's been a journey. Uh, you've gone through this process. You've been quite bold in 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 your sort of negotiation tactics in the media. Was there ever a point where you thought might have gone a bit too far here? I think I think it's human instinct to to question yourself, have moments of self doubt, all that kind of thing. But I'm quite a driven individual. It's something I'm passionate about. So I know strange things in it. I think I'm quite good at doing this. If it was Bristol City, I'd be bang average. I'm I'm normally quite good when it when it's something that I'm passionate about. If I can't get, I'm not passionate about. I'm not driven. I'm quite a lazy individual. In truth, that's why I'm fat. It's just it's one of those things. That I'm I'm really driven about it. I want to see it through to the end. There's all kinds of. I'd have an absolute nightmare of a time of analysing me. There's all kinds of reasons why I'm doing it. Most of them are pretty weird. Dead people and all that kind of thing. But I'm driven by it. I'm driven to get it to its conclusion. And the conclusion is that we are a self-sustaining rugby league club. No more, no less. We, we've got to look after ourselves. Nobody wants us to be capping hand uh, and all the rest of that. There's a lot of, nearly swore there, a little bit, a lot of bullshit narrative around, to be fair. They don't pay rent. That's That's a lie. That's always been a lie. We pay more rent now than we've ever paid under the previous millionaire owners at the stadium. So I'm quite I'm, I'm quite proud of that, that we do that, we hold our end up. The flip to that narrative is that when the deal was done 12 years ago, there were certain things that were supposed to go one way in terms of rental agreements, certain things that were supposed to go the other way in terms of other factors that were supposed to be to the benefit of the club. There are no good guys here. None of it happened. So, so, so let's flush that narrative out. We're not the bad guys. It's not that we've withheld rent or anything like that. It's just we now pay a reasonable rent for what we get, I believe. Um, I think there have been moments of doubt. There have been moments where I've wondered whether I've gone too heavy. Well, I am. I'm just, it's, it's me. That's my style. It's a fate of complete negotiating style. I know what I'm doing. I, I think I'm okay at it. And they know, they know me well. I've, I've been doing this for nearly four years now, guys. It's This whole stadium deal's three. It's three years-ish since they said that what was going to happen was going to happen. And, and I've been through it all. I've been and visited more lane. I've done my bit. I've ticked all those boxes and played the politics and all that kind of stuff. And now I'm just... I'm 59, I'm tired, I want to get it done, uh, and don't have an awful lot of time for bullshit, if I'm being honest, so, so can we just cut through it and let's make it happen? And to be fair, I've got a pretty good relationship with the mayor, he's a good guy, 
I said, yeah, I was the counsellor. Good guy. There's a lot of good people there. There's a lot of people who are willing to get it done. You just got to cut a bit of a swathe through some of the, the, the bureaucracy. Yeah. yeah. That's what I like, Parky, about, about Paul being being the, the managing director. Is 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 cold as ice when it comes to getting the do. job done. And I yeah. And that's and that's what it's all about, isn't it, Parky? That that's what you want in your leader. Yeah, I mean we spoke about this last week with, with Trev when we had Trevor on that basically you, you, you get what you see. And I think that's that's the right way. You can't certainly in, in this kind of thing, when you're dealing with local authorities and politicians in general, there's a lot of spin, a lot of nonsense. And you need somebody who's just going to cut through it and get to the bottom. You can you can shake hands with people, you can smile at people and pro- make promises, and and you know that none of it generally happens. But we've got uh, what, what we've got in Paul is somebody who's just gone straight to it and just said, called it out as it is, and that's <laughs> that sort of woken people up and made 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 the, the, the public never mind just the council. So I sit up and go, yeah, actually, I think I think we do need to do something about this because, like Paul just said, there it's been going on for three years. Knowing what local councils are like, like I did, I had a, a, a period of working with Salford Council and in Salford Council. And nothing moves very quickly, and this could have gone on for another three years or another six years or eight years. That that's the way they work. And what we what's happened here is now it's got to the point, and people have woken up and said, "Yeah, we do need to get this sorted." Look, look, I, I don't. It is a complex issue. It's a very complex issue. There's there are some complex parties involved in it, to say the least, and it's a complex issue. So I get it. I get it from, and we're talking about a time when there's twenty million pound cuts in child services and all that kind of stuff. I get it. Get all that, and who cares about a little old rugby league club at that point? Well, I do, I do, and 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 I'm driven to ensure this is a self-sustaining rugby league club, and to do that, there's certain things we've got to achieve. So you have to start talking the lingo. You have to start talking about what we deliver to the community of Salford via the club and via the foundation, via our activations, via our engagements, via community schools. Uh, we'll talk about it in answer to some of your questions further down the line, I think. Some of the things we've got planned and we're doing in the community are staggering. We just don't talk about it enough, but, but, but we'll talk about it. We're going to get louder. We'll get louder. We'll get annoyingly louder, I'm sure. But the things that we're going to do, I'm pretty sure will excite you guys. The Valentine's Cup's coming back. We found it. That kind of thing. We're going to have schools competitions, community club comps, because there is a direct correlation between participation and attendances. That's why we're playing in front of three and a half, four thousand people. Because nobody plays the bloody game in Salford, or very few people play the game in Salford anymore. When I was a kid growing up, there was Staff Alive, Pendlebury, Cromwell. There was loads of teams. What is it like five now? And even even with the five, we saw West Orton's one of them. It's not Salford, not really. Well, they're under our umbrella now. So we've got to do that again. But to do that, we've got to start under eleven level and start getting participation at that level. So we've got. I'm getting ahead of myself. Got a rugby league strategy coming. And yeah. it's exciting. But I'll talk about it a little bit later. But yeah, in, in terms of your question, Rob, from 10 minutes ago, yeah, there's, there's periods of self-doubt, but I'm kind of driven by it. I know some people think I'm arrogant. and I, I don't think I am. I, I just I am what I am. I don't want to waste time. I'm 59 and you just cut sway through, the, you know, without wishing to seem insulting to anybody. And there was a point, I mean, I've had a meeting with the mayor and, and his uh, group today, this morning. And there was a point where you just sit in a room and you think, I can't do this anymore. So this is the situation. Either we get support on this and we get that and this happens, or the club will fold. And I said, I said two and a half years ago, if you're not careful, you're going to pontificate us into liquidation. And we got close. We got close. I think I think we're kind of out of the woods a little bit in that respect now. I've been careful because we've got a couple of dots and a couple of T's. But when you're dealing with that, you can't. 
I just think there's a point where you just got, it's an honest chat. You just going to say, listen, if this doesn't happen, we're gone. And I don't want to spend the next two years of my life flogging a dead horse. Yeah. I love the a bits. I've been around it since I was seven year old, but I, it's different now. I've been, I'm around the back, aren't I? I, I can see the strings and all that kind of stuff. I know, I know how the puppet show works. It is different now. So I'm kind of, and I don't want to flog a dead horse. So the reason for that approach and that attitude and that fate accomplished stance is that because I can't, I can't play politics if we're on a knife edge. Yeah. And obviously, short term, medium term, and long term benefits when this does eventually get over the line. But like you say, because you're that close, you can't really dream about them long term ones. It's about getting to that short term benefit well, straight away. I mean, I mean, short term, we got, uh, listen, on Sunday, we've got a fan zone. It's ours. Mm. So we've got that concession straight away. The fan zone hours. You'll see a fun bus. We're going to have interviews, legends interviews on from the top deck of an open deck bus. The bottom, the bottom of it sells beer. I think Waggers hosting the fun, hosting the, the the fan zone on week one against Cass. So that'll be interesting. Avoid that like the plague for me, dear me. We've got the Zorbs there. We've got the obstacle course. There. We've got all kind of, there's a women's game kicking off at noon. It's going to be a great day. So what we got, but that's ours. The beer is ours. The profit from that is ours from, from external for right from day one. Moving forward, there's the F&B inside hospitality, etc. because we're getting nothing from that at the minute. So all of a sudden, you've got these little bits of income that are suddenly coming our way. And I say little bits of income, but those little bits of income could be under grand over the course of a year, you know? So, so And that makes a difference. It closes a gap. There's always this gap between us and, and sustainability. So, I mean, that, that's really the short-term thing, is to get access to the, the fan zone, which we've got, F&B, um, and then other commercial opportunities. For, for instance, one of the things we can do quite quickly, we can put a big screen in the corner. Mm. So I think at some point early part of the season I think we're probably targeting week five but if we can get it it might not be quite that quick we want a big screen in the corner permanent then we want to wrap the LEDs around the back of the post mm. the reason we want a big screen the LEDs around the back of the post obviously it gives us a, a great commercial opportunity but it also gives us another 0.5 points on the AMG grading criteria mm. which means we're only 0.7 off a of grade A mm. you know <laughs> so it's, and, and, and guess what one of the big scores that we can work on with the IMG grading criteria is non-centralised funding. So you get distributions, which is centralised funding, and then a percentage of your money is non-centralised funding. You get points for that. That's commercials. That's money for your LEDs. That's my, it's like, it's a double whammy bonus. If we get that done, we're flying. And I would hate to say we're dead set for a grey day, but if we get it right, we'll get a grey day. And then they can't touch us, can they? doesn't matter how many bad penalties you give away. How many, how many awful referee decisions you're asking, not doing you? And that's, I suppose that's the important thing, like like you say, sort of building something to be proud of. I know we've been on this journey to get to where we are now, but like you said, now we get access to other revenue streams. You can grow the club. And and that's the, the important aspect, isn't it? It's about growing growing Salford Red Devils into a club that you can only dream of, really. We'll go there now then. So, so I, I don't think people realise it. it I'm pretty sure it's in the brochure with the CBS. I don't want people to understand that. I keep coming across it. There is a difference between the club and the CBS. The CBS own the club, but I'm the sole director of the club. It's, it's two different entities. So, so, so the CBS is there to help raise funds for the club. The club has a gap, a funding gap of it's, it costs us. These are real numbers: four million pounds to run the club per annum, and we've got income of three point two. So we've got an eight hundred grand gap. So do the math. In terms of the crowdfunder, which was two hundred eighty grand 
after stoppages. Then you can look at the sales of players, which we've always done, by the way. I remember Paul Groves going out of the way, Colin Whitfield, David Stevenson. We've always done it. But we had an 800 grand gap. So we did what we had to do to survive 2023. And as of the 1st of December, it's the new year. So guess what? We start all over again. We've got another 800 grand gap. So all we're trying to do, and all we've been trying to do for three years, by the way, try to stretch this, lots of daft things, the house, all that kind of stuff, all that's true, is to stretch us to this point, which should have been 12 months ago, but but wasn't. But again, we've mentioned this, this is about getting stuck in the bureaucracy of it all. So we wanted this done 12 months ago, didn't get there, but we're, mm-hmm. we're, get, we're getting there now. So it's another 800 grand gap, but you get your commercials in, you get your, there's a commercial deal that's sat waiting as, as, soon, as soon as this deal's done, which will blow your socks away. It, it's great for the club. So so we can close that gap. We can close that gap real quick, we think. It takes time for the money to filter through. I'm saying real quick, I'm talking six months. It takes time for money to filter through. It's a cash flow thing. Does it mean that we're going to go out and start uh, going bring Tyler Dupree back in, in, in March? No. But, but what it does mean that we'll be in a better position uh, and we'll actually have, a, the plan is ultimately that we'll have assets that don't run around in a red shirt. Because at the moment we get in trouble, our only asset runs around in a red shirt. And we are, by the way, we're the only rugby league club probably in the world who can command transfer fees. We've got into people's psyche. They believe they have to do it with us. Nobody else gets a fee. We do. So I mean, fair play. <laughs> We've achieved that. We don't pay anything for anybody, but we get paid when we're releasing people. And it's, you know, I, won't, I, I wouldn't buy into the John Wilkin bit, by the way. That's not true either, but it's what it is. Laddie Bantz, I suppose. Thoughts, Parker? Yeah, I mean, the, the, I think that'll shock people, the, the, the 800 grand deficit thing. I, th- I don't think, I, I honestly don't think from talking to people week in, week out, they realise the, the expense of what it costs to run a professional rugby league club, and to keep us in, in the Super League. I'm sure a couple of years ago we could have it's not, stepped it's not, it's not. It's not just that, though, Park, is it? It's not just about keeping us in Super League, mate. If, if, you, think about it, if, if you think about it, and this is the, what we've had to do, we're a community club. We have to lock into the community. We have to represent the community. So now we are Super League, Reserve Grade, Women's yeah. Team, Elite yeah. Academy, yeah. Well, Development yeah. Academy. Wheelchair, PDL, LDL, every one of them needs a coach to travel to away games. Mm. Every one of them, you have to buy food for the players, away players, and match officials. The cost, every one of them has bandages, first aid kit. Everyone mm. has to have physio, everyone has to have a doctor that you pay for on match days. The cost escalates by virtue of the amount of teams that you've got. Yeah. Nobody, nobody does it for free. But we had to do that, mate. We had to represent the full community. If you're going to get a local authority on board and go, this is it. Got them all. By the way, party minimum standards is you have to have a reserve grade and you have to have a women's yeah. team. Yeah. So it's... if you want the IMG criteria, you've got to do that as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, that was the the thing I was going to say that a couple of years back, we had we had one team. We had Correct. a first team. This was with, uh, going back to a, a so-called millionaire owner who scrapped the, the academy and whatever else and just focused on the first team and, and people seem to overlook that and, and think that that was a great time. I mean, some of the decisions that were made then we're still obviously suffering with. But that whole deficit, and people then say, well, you, all you do is sell your players. That's all you do. And you've just explained it there. That that's all we've got at the moment. That is that is what we 
we can't trade in anything else. We're not going to sell off bits of land. We can't. There's no other way doing it. Land. So, so exactly. So we, we've got the players we've got. And if, if that's what it takes to stay alive, to keep the club afloat, then that's what's going to happen. And I know me and Rob have said it in, in the past, and, and Paul, when he's on, that we just want a club. We want a club to watch. This could have all gone belly up a couple of years back. We all know that. Very oh, easily. Yeah, good. Yeah. Unfortunately, we've had people like yourself behind the scenes who have worked tirelessly to keep us, not just not just the club, not just a, a championship or a League One club. We could be sweating older, many of them, right now. I mean, you see what happened to Widnes and Bradford and Halifax, all these teams. We're a Super League club and we have got these, 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 these amazing... Th- I mean, the women's team, you'll have heard us talk about it all the time. We, we were blown away by it straight away. It was just it, so much work went into it. And it was so so good that first couple of years. I think we've been treated like muck last year, but that's that's different. But all these arms now are coming out of this club from, from, from the hard work that's gone on there. When realistically, these people need to set the backside, they're out the backside and realise that we might have had nothing if we hadn't made these sacrifices and these players being moved on, if you like. I, th- I think sometimes it's the burden of leadership that you do things and you can't be quite as public with it and people will comment and have their opinions. And it's right that they do. That, that, that's part of being the club that we are. Everybody's entitled to an opinion. Everybody's entitled to, you're entitled to your own opinion. You're not entitled to your own facts, as I, as I keep saying. And, and some, of the, some of the opinions have been hysterical, quite frankly. But I get it. It is what it is. We couldn't keep Jackson Hastings. Couldn't compete for him. Shame. But you move on. And the idea is that we get ourselves in a position where we can keep Lenny McDonald. We can keep Tim LaFay. Do you know what I mean? We can keep yeah. David Nofoluma. Yeah. Couldn't have to invent a... Who's going to be the first to invent a song about that one? Nofoluma. <laughs> Can't find anything around it. But it's always been the plan to become this self-sustaining club. And it's just a matter of how you get there. And yeah, there's been U-turns, there's been diversions because we've had to adapt. But realistically, as I said earlier, we're driven by it. We've got to get to, to a certain point and, and we're nearly there. And some of the income streams will be pretty good. But it also touches into the crowdfunder and why we did the crowdfunder, what the crowdfunder can now offer us. We'll get a 15-year tenure. We'll get at least for 15 years. And that opens up a world of other possibilities for us. Is the 15-year lease the important aspect of it yeah. for you? Because yeah, you, you, because with the 15, the, the match funding pot are one of them. There's, there's several, isn't there? So there's, there's a levelling up fund one, there's a DCMS one. The match funding pot that I keep harping on about, you have to have a 15-year lease to get it. Mm. And that can be one to two million pounds. And it, it's got to be... It's got to be the set criteria. We can't just go and get two million quid and want it. You've got to attach it to something that, that helps sustain the club, etc., etc. There are set criteria to it, some of which we probably still don't understand, but we do meet with them and, and, and have these conversations because we're prepping for it. The local authority on board with it. Make no bones about it. We we want to get two million pound and buy a share of the stadium because if we buy a share of the stadium, if we can get there, we've got an asset, and if we've got an asset. You don't, need sell, you don't need to sell players anymore. You can borrow against your asset. Mm. And by the way, at the moment, I've spoken probably in the last five years, I must have spoken to about 30 people who were going to buy the club. And as soon as they find out we've not got part of the stadium or we don't own the stadium, they disappear quicker than they've turned up. So they all blow smoke around and do nothing. Wonder, wonder if we own part of the stadium, how much of a fishing trip we'll have then, whether, whether people will suddenly put their hand up. 
And that's got to be the aim, I think, hasn't it? Unless the public of Salford decide they quite like this model and they want to stay that way. Because without a benefactor, we've got to a grand final, a cup final, a semi-final in the last five years. It's not bad for us, but I've also had four o'clock in the morning waking up anxiety attacks where we'll make payroll this month for about two years. And and if you've got an Eamon McManus or a Ken Davy, you don't have that. He just puts his hand in his pocket. So, so it's a conversation further down the line. What I'm trying to do is give us options. Yeah. yeah. And I think, obviously, when you talk about the community structure that you put in place, you're kind of relying on funding in certain sort of different revenue streams and, and counter-government stuff that, that you could apply for. I think we talked about the level of funding mm-hmm. last year. Not sure how that sort of played out. But is there things that sort of you can continue to apply for year in, year out? Or is it just once done and then we've got to find £2 million or whatever in a different well, way? The, the one that I keep harping on about is is a one-off. And, and that is, for me, we've looked at lots of different areas. Could we put another 3G pitch down and charge for its use and, and generate income from that? Could we build a museum? Could we build this? Could we build that? And the one that's got the most traction in conversation with the DCMS was about buying a share of the stadium. So that's, and it, and it makes sense. It's an asset. Yeah. It's part of an asset that, you know, we're pushing on on door with the, the council. I think they'd quite like us to be involved at that level. We'd quite like to be at the stage where we have a councillor sat on our board. If I'm being honest, we, we, we need to be real cosy. We're going to need each other over the course of the next few years, I think, and, and need to have that, that open gangway between the two. The relationship's really good. It's the best that I've known it. I've only known it for five years. When I first walked through the door, it was pretty ordinary, to say the least. It was awful. Not as bad as the relationship with HMRC, but but nearly. And they're both better than they were, just in the case of the HMRC, but it is what it is. But yeah, I, I think the relationship with the council is pretty good. And, and I think it is an open door. And I think that's that's got to be one of our priorities is to get there and, and own an asset. It's not the same as, it's the same as any other walk of life. Mm. You get on the housing market, you get on it, don't you? You can get two houses so you can rent one out, you do it. You can get three houses so you can rent two out, you do it. It's just business. So just own something, for Christ's sake, own something. So that when it hits the fan, you're not looking at who's your most saleable asset running around on a field in a red shirt. Mm. And just move away from that thing that we've done for, what, 34 years? Yeah, it's just sensible. It's just sensible business. Um, really. Knowing, obviously, if you can get an asset it's, it's it's getting the opportunity to get the asset yeah yeah, yeah. so we, we never have any money first day i walked through the door of the club doing this the the, the first thing i did was i guess a letter from hmrc saying that we were being fined 500 pound a day for late payments 500 pound a day what we had about 200 quid in the bank as a club and it's kind of wow what have i done why am i here and you just from that position where you kind of bottomed out you, you start to think, you start building, you've got to start planning that. can't remember the name of the film. It's a film with Matt Damon about being left behind on Mars. can't remember what it's called. Uh, called The Martian. Correct. Martian. Yeah. Thanks to Jane, my wife, who's just shouted that from the living room. Um, <laughs> that's lovely. So it's called The Martian. Uh, it's it's probably a bang average film, but there's one bit in it right in the end that's an absolute truism, and I, and I love it. And he, he sat there and he says, you, you get a problem, you do the maths, you solve the problem, you move on to the next problem. You do the maths, you solve the problem. And if you solve enough problems, all of a sudden, you get back to Earth. For us, solving enough problems 
it's self-sustaining. And we just keep solving, do the maths, solve the problem, do the maths, solve the problem. There's times when I've sat here, me and it, making a cup of tea at three o'clock in the morning, pitch black, thinking, oh, how can I start? And you do take out registries. I have done the house thing. I've done it. And would I do it again? Yeah, if I can find an out. If I, I'm not, I'm not a gambling man. I, I don't do that thinking that I'm actually going to lose the house. I do it as a short-term fix to a, to find a solution. That's all. It buys me time. That's all it is. If it was, you're going to do it and you're going to lose your house next week, if you do it, I'm not doing it. Much as I love the club, I'm not, I'm brave, but I'm not stupid. Well, I'm not stupid. But it, So it's about finding solutions and getting to, getting to the next point, finding the next problem. Getting, and again, we've fixed a lot of problems. And sometimes we've, we've we've fixed one and created something in doing it, and that happens. So then you've got to adapt and you've got to move again, but keep going, keep flowing, keep fixing problems, and eventually. And we, I've said it before. I said it about two years ago, so you guys probably won't believe me. We're so close, you can smell it, you can almost touch it. We're so close to that golden BB moment. We really are. And at that point, people will forget. We do need a prop forward. And we desperately try to do that. So people won't forget that we need a prop forward until we get one. But you know what I mean? There are other things. The prop forward is a really important thing to make sure that we've got four or 5,000 people turning up on a Sunday. In the general scheme of things over the next five years that are planned, yeah, not so much. Not so much. And it sounds wrong. And Park in particular won't like it. This year, IMG criteria is more important. It's more important we get that that that. 1.2 that we need to get the right score so that we've got a okay. I know that you won't like it, Parky. I don't, if I'm being, I'm a bit I'm a bit old school. But them's the rules, mate. I didn't make them. Well, you, make them. We've got to get <laughs> we've got to get ourselves over the line away. That's the most important thing this season. Really. Yeah. No, it is, but it doesn't but it is. But again, I'm ambitious. I I'm not a great believer that we should be looking to finish tenth. Not no. for me. No. We it, it's counterproductive, mate. We 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 We'll try and get the best prop forward we can get within the budget that we've got. We, we, we could have gone overseas with a prop. We had a couple lined up, but North Luma became available. And the way that we play, we needed Kenny Seal Mark II, and we got him. Losing, losing Kenny was a hammer blow. Didn't see it coming. Mm-hmm. But th- there's reasons for that. There's reasons for that. He's, you know, domestic nature, that, 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 that Kenny's reasons with his dad and all that kind of stuff. So completely understandable. But yeah, blow for us, because he's an absolute legend of the game, and he's, he's a legend of the club. So replacing Kenny's hard, but this this guy's more than capable of doing. Talking about obviously steps to get to the asset stadium asset thing, would yeah. you consider obviously the council talks about land around the stadium? Would you consider as a club purchasing a piece of land to build on for I don't know, training ground, shop, etc. or retail or whatever? Yeah, we'd, we'd need to win the lottery, though, mate. It's, it, they've got it listed as industrial land. So if, if you look at the, I think it's the plot at the side of the training pitch at the minute. I think that's where that we use as a, as a, as a the overflow car park. Mm. I mean, that's seven million. We just, we ain't got that. Got no. <laughs> so so the answer to the question is, I'd love to. I think I need six numbers to come up to to to, to pull that one off. I think Parky, and and it needs to be on a Friday night on a, a rollover European one. I think so. I think in things like a club shop, I think there's there's things in the pipeline. I'm, I'm scratching my head now. I think whether we've questioned anything out about it yet, but there's things in the pipeline in terms of a club shop. Got to be careful what I say, but that that's imminent. Yeah, that's imminent. So so that's coming. Well, yeah, I won't say any more than that. But that, yeah, that's that's almost here. Uh, in terms of training facilities, 
again, there's something in the pipeline over the course of the next 12, 18 months that will address that better than it is at the moment, but it's not our commercial deal, so I can't give that away, but that'll become, again, that'll probably come in the public realm in, inside the next six to 12 months, I would have felt. But it's our intro. We we kind of, we, we did it a bit behind the scenes for it, but that, that's quite exciting if it, if it comes off. So there's a lot there's a lot going on. We'd like another training pitch so we can alternate, to be fair. And, and that may happen. All sounds very exciting, Parker. Don't want to draw any more information out of Paul King that he wants, doesn't want to give us, but it all sounds very exciting. Yeah, I mean, look, from where we've been, everything sounds exciting. Let's be honest, just the stability that, that we're being given here is, is the main thing for me. But, I mean, things like training grounds are, are just pitches. We, we saw what happened with Kenny. Kenny Seo, was it last year when he, he fell down a hole or something or whatever? It, well, I don't know what happened. The stories come out. But to, like you say, to have somewhere, it's, it's just that professionalism as well, that if, if you're a player going to a club and you've got negotiations with a couple of clubs and you turn up and you go, is this, oh, we can't train there because we're not allowed because that's something else. It, it's having, this agreement with the stadium is, is massive for that, but actually getting your own training ground or separate pitch or whatever, I mean, that's massive and that's, it's just standards, you know, it's just raising the whole the, the whole thing of the club that we've not had for in my lifetime, I don't think, to be honest with you. But um, I think there's, more than, more, I think there's more, more than one way it's going to We are always, we, we've got to be a bit smarter too. So we, we've got, on that grass pitch outside the stadium, we've got the women and the reserves training on it, like a Tuesday Thursday night. First grade training on it four times a week. Um, then women in reserve grade will play on it once the season starts on a weekend. Um, so it's getting a lot, it's getting battered. Gets battered. Yeah. yeah. I think Swinton training on it a couple of times a night as well. So, so, we, we have got other options that we need to look at. We need to be smart and we need to say, oh, it, it's absolutely pouring down. We're going to train here today. Or we're going to book some, And what we've done previously, let's book something at Platte Lane with MMU and train on their pitch for a couple of days and give ours a bit of a rest. Oh, how much does that cost? Oh, it's 500 quid. Can we afford it? And we just need, we're an elite level rugby league club. We need to behave like it. And part of that's me because I'm tight and because I'm, I'm very conscious that if we owe the money to HMRC, we need to pay them and we can't mess it. They're the only people that can shut us down. So we, we just need to play ball with them and not be silly. And football, quite rightly, football department's driven by it. They will spend every penny you've got without a second thought, really. But that's the nature of them. They, they want to win. They're competitive by nature. So I'm about finding a balance, but we have got to be smart. We, we, we've got to be smart what we do. Uh, and you're right, if we can find alternate training facilities, and there is a couple of conversations going on, I'd move away from the stadium as a training facility tomorrow, if we can find the right alternative. And right. I don't I mean that's a belittle them. Hmm. We probably need a better facility for an elite level yeah. sports club with multiple teams training on. So obviously you talked about the football department and obviously the demands that they sort of want uh, from you. Obviously, Paul Rowley, an excellent coach. Is he kind of the ideal uh, man in our situation to get the most out of what he's got? You think? Yeah, he's, he's, he's a good leader and he, he's, I mentioned it before about being honest, he's, he's a great believer in that, he's an honest chat guy, sometimes, sometimes from personal experience, brutally honest, to be fair, but but he is what he is, we have a, we have a pretty good relationship, love him to bits, most days, he's, he's, he's a very honest guy, I think, he's very honest with the group and I think players really respect that, well, there's, 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 there's some, I'll tell you one from last, not last year, the year before, to, to just give you an example of that so it's not offending anybody that's in the current playing group I don't think but he, he, he was in pre-season uh, and I was sat there watching the, the team review thing 
and Gav's work, the S&C, runs through the, the, the structure for the day and rolls and stands up. He says, okay, lads, just so you know, when you come back in from the field, from your sessions, the squad numbers will be on the wall and people will tell you that squad, meaners don't, squad numbers don't mean anything. So let me just correct that. Yes, they do. And if you don't like it, my office is there. We can have a chat. And that was just it. And the players just started giggling because that's just him. Just yeah. don't shy away from anything. Confront it and just be honest. And if you don't like it, I get why you don't like it, but this is what you need to do to get a, to get a decent shirt number, and that, and that's just him. So yeah, he is exactly the right guy. I think. And I think. I think it's. I think it's the pairing. To be fair, I think. Well, I think we've got a really good setup now. So, so he is is a master tactician. Love Haggy to bits. Great guy. Can come across as quite dour, but I think that's just the beard. To be fair, um, but he's 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 a great guy. Um, love him to bits. He's also got an awful lot of respect in the room. And then you've got Kristen, who's who's the third wheel, who is. Um, globally respected I think his, his connections down under uh, have helped us tremendously certainly with David um, I, th- I think getting David in is is, is, is a direct result of, of Chrissy so he's, he's, he's very very clued in globally on the game knows everybody and it's, it's just a respect thing he's very very well respected down under his Chrissy uh, he's a good human being as well while you're at it obviously you know when it comes to sort of players and, and him coming to you do you, do you keep Sort of him in the loop when it comes to what's what's happening behind the scenes, or, or do you just tell him what he needs to know? Uh, in terms of which bits, well, in, in, in terms on, of players, yeah. in terms of players, my my involvement on players is that's your budget. Mm. And then I'm right. I, I, I've said it before. I I had one comment on a player which was about four years ago, three four years ago, when I said Gil Dudson, what do you want to sign him for? Uh, and then he played a significant part in getting us into a grand final. It was immense in that semi final at Wigan. So I know nothing. And, and and I learned a, a valuable lesson in keeping my gob shut at that point. I still, to be fair, I quite like sitting in the room when they're all at it and just chatting from the fans. I think they kind of giggle at me under the breath a little bit. From a fan's eye view, I like I like to talk about the, the relative merits of this. Look, it's a, I keep saying it's a privilege. It, it's terrible at four o'clock in the morning when you get an anxiety attack and you don't know whether you can make payroll. Don't get me wrong, that's awful. Flip side of that, I've sat in rooms with people when they're talking about inside shoulder and hip positions and, and stuff that for 30 odd years of my rugby watching career, I didn't even know existed. Didn't even know existed. And now I'm so much more educated on the sport in the last four or five years than I've ever been. It's probably not as much fun now because I know too much, but but it, it, it's it's fantastic to sit and listen to them discuss the relative merits of players and players that I think are absolutely fantastic. They just go, mm. <laughs> just, just, because we look at the wrong things. We look at the wrong things. I look at the wrong things. We all do. I'm, I'm a fan. First and foremost, I'm a fan. Oh, he's quick and elusive, isn't he? He is, but he runs out of gas after three minutes and he can't take a tackle. Okay, thanks for that. I just shattered everything that I thought about that play, but thanks. Um, so, sounds like Paul King's living our dream here, sat in, sat in these meetings at Parker. On, on but, day. On days it's great. On days it's great. You should come in and do it, guys. You should come in and do it. It, it just every, everybody should do it once. I think it's it, it's it's one of those things when you you sit in the stand and you you watch play. You go, what have we got in for? He's he's useless. He's this uh, and the one I always go back to was Carl Harrison, who he taught me a lot just by listening to him in meetings and that kind of thing. Like you say, that there was things in the game that I didn't even I I played for a decent amount of time that I'd never even heard of. Never mind thought about. And some of the players, that he used to go on about the likes of Andrew Brockhurst and, and Ryan Clayton and people like that. And you're like, 
what? No. <laughs> and without them, we wouldn't have had that modicum of success that we had around that that period. They were the players that made that. And now that's what I look at players now. And yeah, it's easy to watch a Jackson Hastings and a Brodie Croft and, and, and whoever else do their, their glamour stuff. But there's players on every team that you don't even think about. People, they just pass you by. I mean, for me at the moment, obviously, I mean, uh, Callum Watkins is a player I absolutely adore. But someone like Sam Stone or a Shane Wright, who's a magnificent player, they get through so much of the the boring stuff. They're not, they're not eye-catching at times. And it's them players that make it make a team. And I was going to go back to to Paul Rowley. I said last week on the on the podcast, and, and just going off what Rob said about him, is he the ideal man? We, we will go on about prop forwards and we will go on about wingers and, and whatever else. But for me, he is our extra player, Paul Rowley. He's our ace in the pack. Because he makes, from what I see from the outside, and I, I like I say, I'm not, privileged to be in these meetings and everything. I think he makes players think they can do things that they don't think they can do and get stuff out of them that they can't do. And that takes a lot because I've seen coaches, I, I remember Gary Jack being at the club for a while and he, he treated every player like they should have been the best player in the world because he was, didn't actually understand that players do have you know, some, syndrome. Yeah. yeah, and they were part-time players, they didn't have this, they weren't that special player, but they had something to offer. But he didn't know how to get that from players. And I, I see Paul Rowley, that, exactly that. And you mentioned Kurt, and I've heard from, from people who've been at the club and the, the, the respect that he's got. He's he's a head coach in waiting, again. I know he had that shot at Lee, and he did a great job. He turned us over, didn't he, I think. But then... When, I remember when, that. Yeah. But, and he's another one that's that's just like, like you say, he, he'll know so much about the game. And he's another one of those characters, like say about the players, that people won't think about. It's all Paul Rowley. But I'm sure Paul will tell you himself, although maybe not, that without Kurt, he wouldn't have half the joy that he gets. Rose is just a very honest chap, so I think he would. Rose would. Rose knows it's, it's about the group. And I think the, the players love him because he's honest. He will turn around and say, you should be a world-class superstar, uh, but you're not, and this is why you're not. And he don't mind saying it's because your attitude's wrong or this or that. He'll do it. He he has no issue with that whatsoever because he's trying to make them better and they know it. So he'll tell them what they need to work on to make themselves better, be that physically, be that technically, be that attitudinally. He won't shy away from that conversation. Um, and behind him, he's got Kurt, who's an excellent tactician. Kristen's incredibly nuanced and, and, and intelligent when it comes to the, the global game. So it's a good unit. And, and you talk about, you're right, you talk about Jacko in 2019. We got to a grand final on the back of Gil Dudson, Lee Mossop, Ty McCarthy and Flash Flanagan, who were unsung. I mean, they're all big names, don't get me wrong. Yeah. They, they weren't glamour, were they? They weren't glamour, but without them four, we don't get anywhere near it. No oh, right. And, and that's, that, that is a truism. You, you need, and now to bring it back to the modern times, the way that we play, I'd say I, I sat there in a couple of meetings going, but we need a prop, don't we? we need a prop, the priority prop, so we'll go overseas on prop. We nearly got Peter Holler, uh, the prop. We, 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 we thought we had him done, and then he decided to to, to, to stay at home. He decided we are going to come to the UK, and I just assumed we'd go and get another prop, and then it's kind of like, oh, we, 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 we've got North Faluma. Can we get can we go get North Faluma? Can we free up the money to get him? He's kind of, he's a winger. We need a prop. But because of the way that 
Mm-hmm. And I don't think people understand it because of the way we play, we transition really quick. We play the ball really quick. Mm-hmm. Unless you're playing against Leeds on the opening day, you get a lot of six agains on the back of it. You know? Not that moaning, obviously. Otherwise I get fined again. But what you do, there is a style of play. So when people say, Oh, you're not you're not got props, you need a big bopper. Do we? We'd like someone who can break the line for fun, of course, or what everybody would, but they're few and far between. But in someone like Shane Wright, you got someone who's got quick feet at the line, good hands, 29 out of 29 tackles, didn't miss a beat against Leeds. Mm. That is incredible. Incredible, mate. And people forget, Wright, who was our best player last season until he got injured. Mm. He was. He was outstanding. And he will be again this season, mate. Yeah. But but you need those kind of players in the mix. And, and we do need a prop. There's no denying it. We do. We want one. We're light. We've always known it. But don't forget, we've been in special measures. We're still in special measures. We have to be very careful. We can sign whoever we want. I can go and, and I can nip to the World Club Championship and sign that scrum half. Cleary fella. Don't know if you've heard of him. I can say, but I'll, but I'll never be able to play him because he won't let me register him. So so, so, so we, we, we've got to be careful about how we do it. We've had to... So we've had to go to bring others in, et cetera, et cetera. It's all about balancing the books. And, and quite rightly, by the way, uh, yeah. I know Mark will get a copper, copper bit for that, but quite rightly, they'll sit there and go, until you've got that stadium deal done, where's your income's coming from? And that, it's right. They are right. We've got to be careful about it, but we are on the hunt for a prop. So, yeah, I'm saying no more on that, but we're on it. We're on it. We know. Just obviously, moving back just to the stadium, uh, again, what's our relationship like with Sale? Obviously, both tenants, both obviously want the stadium to be a success. Have we quab- going to collaborate with them uh, over certain aspects of, of the game day experience for them and for us? Or are yeah. we... We, we? We met with Paul Smith and, and Simon Orange a couple of times now. Yeah, there's a real area of collaboration with it. We've got to wait until the stadium deal's done for, for, for fairly obvious reasons. But there's a real sense of collab between, and it should be it should be a tripartite thing between ourselves, Sale, and the council. That's why if the stadium's going to work, that's the way it will work. And just simple stuff. If we're having a big screen fitted, let Sale use it too. Obviously, of course you will. But if we're going to have a fan zone, have a joint fan zone. Have something that can just stay. Don't have one that's a Salford fan zone, and then pull it down, and then put the Sale one up, and then when you're overlapping, you're in and out. All the, just work in collaboration with each other. Uh, to make things work, the, the, you can go. You can do a deeper dive into that. There's all kinds of conversations you can have about, I don't know, payroll departments and all that kind of thing. If you really want to go that way, um, we're not there yet. We're not baby steps, baby steps. But we, we we wouldn't shy away from that conversation either. I suppose, obviously, a sale are at a top sort of rugby union club. We learn off them; they'll learn of us, and we're a top rugby league club as well, Rob. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying, we we <laughs> learn from each other, don't we? Well, yeah, and there's things that they can learn from our game and things we can learn from their game. Commercially, uh, I, I, I don't think it's an understatement to suggest that rugby union is miles ahead of us, not just us as a club, but us as a sport. Uh, for, for, and there's lots of reasons for that. But there's certain things that we can learn from some of their behaviours and the way that they do things. And I'm, I'm pretty sure there's things that, that they can learn from us. In fact, I know there's things that they can learn from us. And there is a sense of collaboration. And don't forget, a lot of the sales staff are rugby league people. Mm. There are people with, with rugby league in the background that, that work for sale and in rugby union indeed so th- there is there always has been communication channels between the two clubs it's just that it's a, a probably a, a deeper and higher level now than it has been previously mm. prediction time five years time where do you see us as a club 
I think we will be, as a club, we will be employing development officers doing free delivery to schools across the city of Salford from primary level upwards. I think the Valentine's Cup will be running either the schools or community clubs. There'll be two competitions. One of them will be called the Valentine's Club. The other one will have a different name. Who knows? I think we will be self-sustaining. I think we'll have income streams. I think we will be the beating heart in the in in in, in the community of Salford. I think we have to be at that point. I think we need to make sure this is a rugby league city and recognise as such. I'd like the busy sign saying to welcome to Salford, home of the Red Devils, in and around the place. I think that's a must. If I'm being honest, if you're going to take the sport seriously as a city, I think that we need to do that. As I say, self-sustaining and I think competing. I think we need to, you, you can't make a commitment about winning things, but we need to compete for trophies. I, th- I think what we've done really badly, personally, in the last three, four years is manage expectations. Mm. It's a different thing. Nobody expected that we would have to. It's us, for Christ's sake. I've seen it. I, I saw us play Maidstone away, South End Invicta. It, it, it's, it's, why would we need to manage expectations? Well, that kind of crept up on us, didn't it? Mm. Who knew? Who knew? And then managing people's expectations of us, who now suddenly think on three and a half thousand crowds, we can compete with people on 15 and 16,000 crowds. On Le- Leeds front of shirt deal is a quarter of a million quid, and it's a, it's a 20 year relationship. 20 year relationship. You know, we, we haven't got we, all our accumulated relationships out in the last 20 years. <laughs> so they commercially, and then their people, Leeds, I keep getting challenged on it, but Leeds are a club that we benchmark against. Well, they, they play with a, a pretty seed. They're a city. They play um, a, a growing city at that. They play with a Premier League football club, not quite, but I'm sure they will be again soon-ish. And they compete with them, but they play in front of 15,000 people. Their commercial deals are about five times, five to six times larger than ours. It's immense. And I know they've got the whole football club leads with the rugby union, the cricket tie, and all that kind of stuff. But they're the people we need to benchmark against. They're the people that we need to say that that's where... Because if you're going to compete properly, you need to compete off the field with them as well as on the field. So we'll always... We, our history is littered with the occasional bloody nose for Wigan or Saints, isn't it? But have we done it consistently? And what in five years, I'd like to think we're in a position where we can compete consistency, consistently for trophies. I'm not saying we're going to win one. We'd like to. But I want to compete consistently... And have assets that, that mean that we're not a position where we're a selling club. That's got to be the ambition not to sell because that's what puts a pin in it for 40 years. And we've experienced it now. That's what puts a pin in it. it, it it's for 40 years we, we've sold people, people have lost faith, and then you've got to rebuild the faith again. And we won't. People, it's difficult. I'm hoping that, that by virtue of, of, of this podcast, people will understand some of the logic behind what we've done and why we've done it. And, and, and the fact that we're still here should be celebrated. But we've got to make that it can't be another five years of what we've just been doing. Can't be. I I, I will. That's not why I'm here. It's not. I, I liked walking out of Wembley. I'd like to do it again. Just just walking out of Castleford doesn't have the same effect. And, 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 and quite frankly, for us, it's got to be our competing. It's got to be competing in... Super League, because the difference between Super League and the Championship is about one and a quarter million pounds a year. So the, the drop off is absolute. We'd be part time straight away. We couldn't do what we did in the John Wilkinson days, where he, he he put his hand in his pocket and underpinned us. We ain't got anybody to do it. So we have to compete at Super League. So it has to be about Super League. And much as it may, 
irk the purists amongst us, we have to get that cat IMG because that's that. Them's the rules now. We 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 got to manipulate that to the best of our ability. Get that cat remove that threat, and take advantage of the other things that are going wrong with the stadium. And we've cracked it. We'll fly. Look, do I think we'll win things with with the setup we've got now? Yes, we will. I really do believe that. But we've got to be in a position where we can enable ourselves to compete. It's all very exciting, Parker. Obviously, big ambitions, but realistic. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, going back to the, the sort of the expectation side of things, I've had, I've had this debate with my own brother, oddly enough, the very disgruntled with the, the players going out and that kind of thing. And I, so and was he, my brother, by the way. He said, we've been built up, we've had this few years of success. And I said, but you think back to the last time we won anything major, was 77. We're going back nearly 50 years. In that time, these, these successful years, they're the oddities. They're the ones that we, we that that's when we've been, that's a shock for us to make a final, to, to, to be in a semi-final before the, this recent spell. If we had a couple of three Challenge Cup semi-finals before the, the, the cup final we actually made, nowhere in the league, very rarely even touched the playoffs, even when it was a top eight in the old, when it was all part-time first division. We, we People need, have been built up because of what happened in 2019 and 2020 and and everything under under rolls, and I think the expectation needs to come back to this is who we are at the moment, and this is who we've been for a long time. So all right, arcing back to the seventies and thinking, well, it was great, yeah, it was, but it, that that's not the way it's been consistently through our history. We need to get our head around that, and I've said it, I said it last week, and it's took me a little bit of time that this year for me is that year where we we plateau. Only because, and this isn't something that, I mean, having watched on Friday night, I don't believe will happen. And I certainly don't think Paul Rowley will let it happen. But it's a case of we get our house in order. We don't have false hope going forward. This is this is the, the watershed. When this stadium deal is is hopefully done and, and the revenue streams are there, and we've already said they're ready to go, there's commercial opportunities. Once that's in place, we can then move on. I see what happened at Hull KR. After we relegated them in that million-pound game, they they reassessed what their club was about and where they were. They cleared the decks, then they've, they've gone ahead. The stadium, uh, for, for what it is, it's, it's better than it was. They're doing a lot with the fans. Also. They, they, they restructured, they've got money in, they've got a, a decent team there now. It gave them that pl- platform to do that, and I think that's where we're at. And I think this is the chance, and people need to, I, I think, just sort of get your head around that those recent years, They've been a blip, a good blip, but they're the blip. But that's where we need to get to. And to make sure it's not built on sand, this is something now that we, we, we're putting down. And the future, I know we say it every year, but it, it does look bright. It does. There is there is hope there. And the last, the last two weeks have certainly cheered me up and changed my attitude to things. The off-season seemed to drag, and I was a bit like, oh, we're getting these bad news. It's just bad news. And it's bad. But we as fans, no idea what goes on. How, how tough it is, where we've been. I mean, the whole period from the end of the season to the start of this season, when there's no income coming in, really, there's no money, there's, no, there's nothing. We thought it was dark days. I can't imagine you getting up out of bed in the morning, going into into the stadium or wherever, into your office and sitting there and thinking, I'll, I'll how are we carrying on? No, well, I'll tell you what made it worse this year in particular, well, back in the 23 season in particular. Obviously, it was dark because of Brody in particular, because... We didn't want to do it, but we had to. 
But because of the stadium uncertainty and we didn't know, our, our tenancy agreement was up in December and we didn't know who was getting another tenancy agreement. So we normally we'd put season tickets early bird on sale around July, August. Couldn't do it. If you didn't, I don't know if you noticed, we didn't put season tickets on sale. So that was it late September, October. Like, we were dying. We had absolutely no lifeblood. And we're saying, can we just get a temp agreement in a 12-month extension so we can actually get season tickets on sale? Mate, it took about two, three months to get that done. And people don't get that. They don't see it. There's no reason why they should. That That's the stuff that happens behind the scenes at the puppet show, isn't it? But it's, it's you got to factor it in because it's absolute nightmare. When, you, when you've got that position, you can see it coming. You know what's happening. What commercial agreements are you doing? How much hospitality are you selling? For the next season? When you don't even know what stadium you're playing at, you haven't got a clue. And, and it could go could go south on you. Could go south on you. And you, you end up playing at Gig Lane or... Yeah, we, 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 we did this thing when we went to the Etihad, and I've got to be honest, that was just... Right? They, they haven't even got turnstiles. There was no way we could have played there. They wouldn't fit the Super League criteria, but we had to be seen to do it. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was going to be my, my my other point. That what what were the options? I know more lanes, obviously. There, you know that was discussed to, to the degree. I think, but what else was there? Because obviously, more lane was going to be a massive financial burden. Anyway, we, we that wasn't up to standard. No, I, th- I think more lane to take. I think where we're going to go. I forgot the numbers right. I think more lane was about eight million to make it compliant. It needed. Hopefully, work on the pitch, stands, everything. There's, there's, there's all kinds of weird, quirky things. I mean, you have X amount of seats for journalists, X amount of seats for directors, home directors, away directors, and none of it was applicable at, at More Lane. It's a tidy stadium, by the way. I'm not, I'm not knocking it. It's, 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 there's pits of it where I, I stood there at one point thinking, you know, some on a Friday night with the lights, this could, this, this has got a bit of a Willows vibe to it, you know, but the, the, the cost of it and the road network around it, mm. mate. It, they get 1,800 people and it takes about four hours to disperse. Can you imagine us against Wigan, 7,000 people in there? Just, they'd, be, they'd still be there at Christmas. You know, <laughs> you'd have people living there overnight. They'd have to take sleeping bags. And so, yeah, it was, we got to the stage where I actually asked the council if we could knock down part of Curzel Vale and use it as a car park. Huh. Uh, and, and, and when they panicked about that request and said, oh, no, we can't do that. Well, we can't move there then because we've got nowhere to park anybody. At that point, it was kind of dead in the water. So, yeah, at that point, we, we, we had a tentative reach out with Gig Lane. But we know what happened to Swinton when they went to Gig Lane. Mm-hmm. We went to the regional arena at the Etihad and had a look at that. But in truth, th- th- there was actually a point where you thought, if, if we cannot make it work here, it isn't working. There's, there's a point where and anything else we do from here is a death spiral, a real slow, painful death, because you lose half your fan base anyway. And, and, and then you've got to start regrowing again and... Then you start having conversations about changing the name and blah blah blah. Not not for me. I'd have been gone. Just someone else can pick that piece up. Not for me. As you say, we're moving forward. We're nearly yeah. there with, with the stadium, which is exciting. If you could obviously send a message to the soul fans listening to this today, what would it be? Uh, keep the faith. Um, I, I know it's this. If you're as old as me or, or Parky, you, 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 you've had your faith challenged numerous times a year for the last 30, 40 years, I guess. Um, but it's in your blood. The future is bright. We keep saying it, but it really is. Um, if we get this right, and I believe we will, I think the stadium deal will be done probably middle of March, back end at the very latest, and then watch things start to kick in. Don't expect us to go out and buy Nathan Cleary the week after. But 
you got to get a slow build of your cash and you got to justify it as you're going through and be sensible. What we don't want to do is pass ourselves back here. So we've got to be smart about how we do it. It's got to be step changes all the way. We've got things that we need to address, the pathway we need to address. We want Salford audience playing for Salford. Same model as Saints, same model as Wigan. We, we, we need to test the water and make sure we get Salford audience playing for Salford. If you look at the Saints squad, their first 24, 25 is no different than us. I keep saying, oh, we've only got 25, is too thin. The only difference between us and Saints or Wigan is numbers 26 to 40 come out of their academy and the tough kids who train with the first team. We don't have that. So we've got to do that. We've got to allocate some funds towards making that happen. It's a longer-term project, but it's got to happen. We've got to look at the facilities. We've got to look at what assets we've got. All boring stuff. I know. I know it's, it doesn't sell season tickets. But at the same time, we'll keep pulling off an awful humour. We'll bring a prop in. And we will be competitive this year. We will be competitive this year. I think you saw that leads. I, th I think that once we start to gel, how big is Nenny McDonald? It's <laughs> It's not, it's not even fair, is it? He, he should be handy. It's not fair. Someone should tie his shoelaces together or something. It's just... <laughs> it's ridiculous. But that's the way that we will play. We'll, we'll do yeah. that all season. We'll do that all season. And, it's, and we'll have a real dig because that's what we do with this group of players and this coaching team. We have a dig. They, they, they won't take a backward step. Boring is good as long as we get the result. Yeah, and, and I think you've got to keep your eyes on the prize. Hmm. So the prize is, can we be self-sustaining and stop... Look, what, what really narks me about this club is this narrative, little old Salford. And I know it works for us. Nick, one of yours, Rob, opportunity club gives opportunity. We keep doing it. We've lived on it for about 20 years. I think I even sent out a text to Parker the other day. That's what we do. I get it. I'd love us not to be. I would. And I, I, I don't, the little old Salford narrative just jars me off. I, I want us, one thing we've got to do is get away from that and be proud of what we are, head up, chest out, we're Salford, we're coming in, we're going to give you a good hiding. And that's where we've got to be. We've got to go to the totally wicked thinking we're going to win because we've got the squad and the backup to do it. And that isn't this week, it's not next week. But at some point over the course of the next three, four, five years, that's where we've got to do go to. We've got to go there and we've got to start the season thinking we can compete for Silverware. Got to. Because that's Please. how you that's how you sell tickets. Through this podcast now, we can see the direction and the the, the end target. With also with the TV deals coming in and, and everything like that, we're starting to to grow like a phoenix while the sport is growing at the same time. So it might be an ideal ideal time for us and the sport to go into orbit. Well, I, I think going going back to what you said about boring, we had we had excitement with a, a guy who came in who promised the world and uh, and delivered. Nothing really. In fact, less than nothing. And I'm still waiting for my water park that's never, never been built. But on the side of the river, someone else is building it now, mate. <laughs> well, yeah. But we don't. We've had drama. We've had drama for years. Even the last, the last twelve months is drama. Everything. And to go through a period of just being Salford, just be a rugby club. Don't be the ones in the press. Don't be the ones in the paper. Except. For on a Monday morning when you pick up a League Express or something and it tells you that Salford were dazzling at the weekend, took two points off whoever, and that's all we need to know. I think the other thing that people need, need to, to stop doing is is this finding reasons why we're not who we are or whatever. Or have, just having a dig constantly that Salford don't do this, Salford can't. We need to build something. It's all right throwing money at something straight away and, and, and saying, oh, well, 
like like the marketing, let's say, well, okay, we'll go out and we'll we'll market the club, we'll do this, but that money's gone. And if nobody turns up, we're in trouble anyway. But we've still got to pay bills. Let's get to a position now where all that just flows and things just happen naturally. Um, and, and people need to just sort of, I'm going to say, just lay off. Just go and enjoy your rugby. If you don't enjoy it, don't go. Simple. I know we don't want that. But I've had a lot of people in the last few years who sat near me or come to me at the end of a game and say, oh, I don't know why I bought if it makes you that upset. But don't don't sour everybody else's water with it because what we're trying to do now, we can see, like Rob's just said, there is a direction. There is a there, there's something, there's a plan. And it's gonna take, it's gonna take, it's not gonna be this year, like you said. I mean, we can make the playoffs this year, who knows? From what I saw Friday night, I think there's a lot of teams very worried about us mm. uh, in the way we play. And we will, we will get better. But it might not be this year, but next year we'll improve. And the year after we can improve. And it's not going to be a spike and then back to nothing. It's going to be a, a steady sort of upward gradient now. And we, we're heading, hopefully, to where we think we belong and where I, I thought for 40-odd years that we should be. And like you said, we've had false promises and, and this, but it's all been built on nothing. Now this stadium and everything that's going on behind the scenes, from what we've said, me, Rob, Paul, for, for the last couple of years on the podcast, that you can see how the club has changed. It is a different animal now to the one that we all we've all known. And and it's time just to to back it. Let's let's just get on board. I think I think it's the nature of social media now, isn't it? The people I, I mean I've took a, a, a fair few direct hits myself over the course of the last six months. Some of them, a couple of them, I've got to be honest, made me think, why am I doing this? I don't need this in my life, if I'm being honest. But then you, you sulk for an hour or two. I'd be lying if I said, I, I tend not to read them very much. I don't go on Twitter anywhere near as much as I used to because I just, I, th I think there is probably some individuals who it doesn't matter what I do. But that's that's life. That's social media. It is what it is. And if some bloke who's, who's, who's got a profile that's a picture of Mr Bean or a cartoon wants to call me a fat this and all that kind of stuff then what what can you do what can you, all, all, all i will say is we, we're building we are building we, we you've got to put your blocks in place to get you to where you need to be and you can see where we're at i'll give you another example i know we make about ghana and serbia and, and all that kind of stuff there's a reason for it everything's got a reason there's a reason for everything so super league plus you get 15 percent of the money when you log into it and you do your subscription and you announce yourself as a Selford Red Devils fan, 15% of your money comes to us. So we want Ghanaians and Serbians and Ipswich Jets people and Ponsonby and Florida to log on and say they're from Salford because there ain't enough Salfordians to do it. So we, we, we're spreading that. But, but double down on that, we, we, we shortly will we'll announce Jaff, who, who's going to be our first ever overseas development officer. He's going to be a, a development officer full-time in Ghana. Talent search, create a pathway. You you tell me when Salford thought like that ever. Honestly, I mean, it might be it might be a pipe dream. We might get nothing out of it. But the whole idea is the gap between Ghana and us is too big, and the visa rules too deep. So so if you can get someone who's got talent, the pit stop is Red Star Belgrade because the visa rules are easier. So the Ghana Red Star Belgrade can they play at that level because that's the next step up? Yes, they can. Okay. Let's let's put a bit of effort in and get them over them, you know. So so there is a logic to it. It isn't just put a pin in a map and see what we can come up with. 
So we will announce that it's imminent. Um, there's an exclusive. Where we're going to have a full-time development officer in Ghana just to grow the game in Africa. We're the first clubs to ever put a footprint, rugby league clubs to put a footprint in Africa. I'm proud of that. Mm. I'd love to get in China as well, by the way, if you know any Chinese people that are connected. I'd love a bit of that. It's been an amazing podcast, Paul. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for giving us all the information. It's been, it's been brilliant. Cheers, guys. Thanks for your time. So, big thanks for joining us on this week's Devil the Detail. I'm Rob Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil the Detail SRD. You can find us on X at DITD SRD. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify. See you soon for more Sobre Devil Chat on your Devil the Detail. Devil the Detail.